Let me continue on talking about the China's um, Air Force as it, it's attempting to build air superiority. Now, how is China establishing air, super, air, air superiority in Taiwan? So that's a critical component for them to establish before they launch an attack. And there is, you know, according to Document 65, it's a matter of schedule and time of when they would do that attack. So, you know, if I were Taiwan, which I'm not, but if I were Taiwan, I'd be looking and asking these questions. How is China establishing air superiority in the Taiwan Straits? Well, Beijing's effort to build a second carrier is only one aspect of its assertive naval strategy and most significant steps in decades. So they're building their navy and it's becoming stronger. They're investing hundreds of billions of dollars a year, maybe uh, up to, I think at one time I saw a number, I'm gonna say 600 billion, but I, I just kind of doubt that they have that kind of money to spend. I would say probably more like around 2 billion, 200 billion, but still that's a lot of money to be invested in military hardware per year. Uh, China's first aircraft carrier, the Lai Awning, is currently in the Yellow Sea near South Korea as a threat to the American carriers in the Sea of Japan. When it arrives in the China Naval Base at Qingdao, it will be the second unit and a new class of carrier design to be a seagoing version of its fledging J-15 fighters. Its completion is nearly its completion is nearly complete, and final test firing at sea is expected to be in 2018. So it's already out there. Meanwhile, a second carrier CV-16 is under construction at Dalian Shipyard. The main difference between the two carriers is the Lyoning will carry the type of fighters that can operate from aircraft carriers, and they will be more powerful. China's Navy is growing to challenge the status quo in East China Sea and is beginning to assert dominance in the Taiwan Straits as well. The report explains that China's strategy of forcing a naval balance in the East through coercion and force. It is a long-term endeavor that began in the late 1960s and is projected to continue until around 2045. See, this is the long-term strategy for China to gain that Navy strength and it will continue to get stronger. So we're in 2022. If it takes two more decades for it to build strength um, that it wants, then it will become more of a threat to world security. So China's uh, strategy of maritime coercion will ultimately require um, direct interaction. How will China's move soldiers to the battleground in Taiwan? According to the official Hong Kong News Agency, the Chinese PLA Navy will send three supply vessels to Hainan coast to join two Chinese naval destroyers and anti-aircraft frigate into Hainan Island, Walan, coastal waters adjacent to the South Sea China, cities of Zhuhai, Zhangzhou, and Donggong today. <clears throat> Three supply ships vessels will join four warships near the inner self-defense 
zone in the high den in operation to evacuate emergency power communications, lighting equipment for rail station after week-long devastating 6.4 earthquake that claims 17 lives. emergency equipment was expected to take several days. Some suggested the Chinese Navy was conducting another drill, which explains the operation of long time, long time frame. So, yes, even though there was an earthquake, they were concerned about what was actually going on there. And it still stayed peaceful. We didn't have anything erupt out there. But this is the problem with military testing is you don't know at what point confidence levels go high enough for action to occur. I guess you could say, well, anytime you see things that are mobilizing are in near proximity, it's inherently dangerous. Think of that as kind of like a hunt for Red October, clear and present danger. A lot of Tom Clancy's books always suggested that proximity and activity and logistic buildup were signs or indicators of inherent danger, pending danger that was coming.